0: Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at Dr. Dish B ball. Don't forget to mention coaching you and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right, mention coaching you or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. Hey, welcome to another edition of our Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And today, Ben McCollum, the head coach of Northwest Missouri State University, our defending Division II national champ. 38-0, 19-0 in his conference. Uh, if you look at his conference record, the last five years, it is like nothing you've ever seen. 19 conference games a year, and the guy knocks it out of the park. 38-year-old coach. Man, did I learn a lot. I think you're really going to enjoy. After this timeout, Ben McCollum. This podcast is brought to you by MetPro, a world-renowned concierge nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle coaching company. MetPro is a proven platform to help people transform their bodies. Metabolic profiling is a process that allows MetPro to get a baseline to see exactly how your body is responding against a very specific set of variables. Their experts are trained to take those results and translate that into simple action steps. What you should eat, how you should train, and what your strategy should be to obtain your goals. MedPro's coaches are not only educated experts in their field, but they're empathetic to people that have demanding schedules and often stressful lives. They will work with you one-on-one to help you identify the best nutrition and fitness strategy that is going to work for your personal goals and lifestyle needs. And as a Coaching You listener, you can receive a complimentary metabolic profiling assessment and a 30 minute consultation with a MetPro expert. To claim this offer, head over to metpro.co slash coaching you. Again, that's metpro.co slash to receive your free assessment and consultation with a MetPro coach. I'm so excited today. Ben McComb, the head coach at Northwest Missouri State University, who was the national champ last year and actually two of the last three years, uh, is our guest. Welcome, Ben.
1: Thanks a lot for having me.
0: Well, it's a, it's an honor. And uh, I've watched, as I told you the other day, I watched you win both of your national championships. And, uh, and so I, I'm just so excited. I love the way you guys play. I love how hard you play. And... How did you ever develop, you know, this style of play that you? I think the beautiful thing at uh, at the D two D three level, and, which I love, is the coaching that goes on. How did you develop the style of play you use?
1: Well, uh, that's a I guess a a long question uh, with a long answer. It's a so, short so, question. It's a long uh, answer. For, for us, the way the way we developed it is it, it was two parts. I, I was fortunate enough to to play for a head coach. Uh, Steve Tapmeyer, who was one of the best in Division Two, and in regards to culture and, and intensity and, and getting kids to play hard and, and being consistent, all the things that I feel like goes into winning games, mm-hmm. um, he was as good as it gets. And and so I learned for, I guess it would be four years, two as a player and then then two as a graduate assistant, um, you know, how to hold kids accountable, how to build a culture, how to build that camaraderie. I then went on to work for a, a guy by the name of David Moe, um, mm-hmm. whose dad you're probably familiar with, Doug Moe. Yeah, good friend. Um, yeah. And, and so they, they ran passing game. Well, David did. And so daddy did too.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the IQ, uh, that is required to, you know, the basketball IQ that is required to run passing game and, and all the different movements and cuts and how to coach it, how to understand that natural feel, um, that players have and, and how to find that and then bring it out in people. I learned that from him. Mm. And so I had the best of both worlds. I had a defensive culture, toughness coach. Uh, and then I was able to, uh, fortunate enough to learn from, from David Moe, and, and obviously, um, a little bit from Doug when he, when he'd come to a few of our practices, um, you know, just on that, that offensive piece, the feel piece and the IQ piece. And so, I took it both and and I use it using both to this day, and then add a little bit of myself, and um, it seemed to work for us.
0: So when when you when you uh, get you know your head, you come back basically to your alma mater to become a head coach, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. So now when you come back there, Ben. Now you, and I always say the most fascinating thing is when you move from being an assistant, uh, those eighteen inches over, where now you're going to say. Here's all the things I want to do. I want to try, and how do you implement it? And then, unless you inherit, like Steve Kerr did, Golden State, you know, and you take a fifty-win team and you turn it to a you know seventy-win team eventually and a world champion, you know. But how do you take a team and then put your signature on it? And you're going to go through some trial and error. How did that evolve for you?
1: Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it, it, it was a slow process. My, mm-hmm. my first year, I was 12 and 15. Second year, we were actually 10 and 16. We actually got worse my second season uh, in regards to record. When I got the job, I think it was April like 13th, somewhere in that range. Um, the day before, when I was an assistant coach for David Moe, I, I had all the answers. <laughs> I knew everything uh, about everything. And then you become the head coach and all of a sudden you feel like you don't know anything mm-hmm. uh, and you become completely overwhelmed. And you have to, uh, again, find yourself through those first couple seasons, which is what I did. I right. I probably ran every offense under the sun, uh, tried multiple different defenses, including zone and, and pack line. And then we pressured and uh, a little bit, a little bit of everything. Um and actually I, I had somebody in the other day, the uh, university of Kansas women's coach, and he, he was at Emporia state when I was in. And before I took the head job, he gave me probably the best advice I've, I've had in coaching. He said, you need to make sure that you be who you are as a coach. And when he said it, I thought, Oh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty obvious. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's not rocket science, you yep. know? And, and, uh, and I got into that first season and I, I tried to be Steve Tapmeyer, where I was a little bit, um, you know, the, the toughness piece and, and, and the culture piece and all defense and, and et cetera. And then my second year, I tried to be David Moe, more of an offensive coach. And, and then my third year, I kind of woke up and I was like, okay, I'm about to be fired. I probably should, should try to be Ben McCollum. And, and, uh, so, so I took a little bit of the other two and then, and added my own, a personal touch to it but it, it's quite a process moving over that whatever 18 inches uh to the head coaching chair you know ben i
0: i think what you said is, is to, to, first of all it's incredibly honest it's authentic and it's the the great the biggest one of the great qualities you know people always say well what do i need to become a really good coach and it's humility right <clears throat> you know you really i mean. I I was a really good coach because I had phenomenal players. <laughs> they weren't Absolutely. good; they were phenomenal. Okay, and I we didn't screw them up that much. And so, and and if you have don't have good players, you're probably not a very good coach. I mean, uh, let's, and and that's you know you learn that <clears throat> as you go along, and and I think you know. Uh, what happens is, you, I remember my high school coach was UB Brown, and then when I went to work in the NBA, he was my first head coach. I'm 27. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know a damn thing about the NBA. And uh, we're going out to our first uh, practice, and I often tell this story, and I am so nervous. I got Mike Fratello as the other assistant. He's a genius, and and I have no idea what I'm doing there. I have no idea. And all yeah. of a sudden as I walk out on the floor and UBI I idolize and he's the greatest teacher I've ever seen. And he walks up to me and he goes, Hey and I I'd like and when he would do that, <clears throat> excuse me, I would always freeze and, and and he says, Just go out and be yourself. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You're good enough. And and I was like it was like he just gave me he liberated me to don't try to be you be and and i think that is so important and so you you evolved to that and that that is so good and then i think that is you know that's why you've been so successful you know one of the reasons is that you have just been you know and that that's darn good enough and you're and you're doing things the way you want based on people you've learned and have influence on you but i think that's fun talk about your style of play how has that evolved you know, I know after the first two years, but when you got things rolling the third year you get twenty two wins, and you know then twenty one twenty four twenty five and now you've just got it rolling how did that how does that did it evolve because of players things you liked combo uh,
1: a little bit of everything we we uh it would have been probably halfway through my second season i we had lost quite a few in a row and um, you know, I, I thought that we were doing the right things culturally, meaning I, I thought that our kids competed. Um, I thought defensively we had found ourselves a little bit. We only play man, and, and um, we had really stuck to that about halfway through my second season. We just, the results weren't coming. Um, offensively, we weren't quite who we needed to be yet. That's That was still, we were still trying to figure that piece out. But, but most importantly, I, I thought that second season, I, I learned quite a bit just about myself and, and the coaching piece. We we were actually going to a game, it was on the road, I think it was Truman State, and we had lost, again, quite a few in a row, and um, got into the game, and I thought, okay, maybe we can win this game, and, and I don't know where they were at in the standings. I think they were towards the bottom with us, and um, got into the game, had a great game plan, and, and you know, it was one of those games where you're up to, you know down four, up four, you know, just back and forth, and um, ended up losing the game, and that was, I don't know how many games in a row we had lost. And, and, uh, so I got done with the game, and I, I literally call, I remember the conversation, and, and I called my mother, and I said, Hey, I, I don't think I'm cut out to, to, to do this job. I, I don't think I can, you know, I don't think I'm good enough. I can't get these kids to go. And, and the only time I ever thought about just not coaching, and, and she said, Okay, well, what happened? And I said, Well, my team played really frustrated. And, uh, she goes, She goes okay. She goes "Uh, well. What'd you say to them? And I'm sitting there. Well, I told them to not play frustrated, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And she goes, she goes okay. And she's kind of thinking, and she goes, "Uh, well, well, say it to me how you how you said it to them. And I go, stop playing so frustrated. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, they were feeding off of my energy more than I had ever realized. And so what I learned through that lesson was how much of an impact your energy I'm a big energy guy how much of your energy impacts your your team and and so the next oh, probably two or three games later we went on the road and played a team that I think was like 20 and three or something like that they were number three in the country and I just said well we're, we're, I didn't say this to the team but I thought it in my mind we're probably going to lose this game anyway so I might as well just be positive the whole time and so um so we Throughout the whole game, we were last. I think they were first in the conference, and they had like a however many game winning streak at home, and they were top five in the country. And we're at halftime. I think we're down, you know, fourteen or fifteen, something like that. But I'm positive. I mean, right. the whole time I'm positive. And and um, we actually sat one one kid that that you know was somewhat low energy, and and so um, we were just the whole team was just engaged. Well. I'm sitting there about 10 minutes to go, and and all of a sudden it's a 10-point game. We had kind of cut it down a little bit. And the whole time I'm positive we're turning it over or we give up an O-board or we miss a free throw, and I'm like, hey, we're good, we're good, let's just keep going. And I look up, about five minutes to go, we're down about five points. And I'm sitting there, wow, this positive stuff might work. (laughs) And and so eventually we get down to the very end, and uh, I think there was – again I'm not sure of the exact facts but there was about 20 seconds left and um side OB we have the ball I believe it is either a tied game or we're down one one of the two and um uh we come out and had a great play drawn up sure enough he was a he was an older coach who was a very good coach <laughs> he come out in zone and uh <laughs> I had a man play fantastic man play so I'm like oh no and instantly I'm like okay no positive and, and so I had a little point guard that's uh was really good and, and uh I just said okay you're good you're good just go make a play just go do something and <laughs> <laughs> sure enough he drove the lane and, and dished it off to one of our big guys who made a layup and we ended up winning the game and um it was just funny to see that that the difference of that energy and so ever since then I've I've been a be the change you want to see in others and and um so so we've been we've been trying to stay positive throughout
0: do you uh, do, do you do you read any of John Gordon's books by the way I have yep yeah. I've listened to a lot yeah. of his podcasts yeah. and, and he's absolutely. He, he's phenomenal and <clears throat> about uh you know about 10 11 years ago when uh we first met um you know You know, I'm listening to it the first time and I'm saying, that sounds nice, but is that really going to work? You know, and uh, the more we spend time over the years, you know, you know what it does. And, you know, the idea of that, the energy vampire, you know, the guy that, you know, just sucks the whole, the oxygen out of the room from your team. That's true stuff. And, uh, you know and i i just think that um, you know the positivity of a coach it, ju- it just changes everything you know the leadership uh piece i think the the really neat thing at your level and uh, and as we've talked before i absolutely incredibly love that level and is that you really get to coach every day you know i mean uh, you know it's like you know at the d1 level it's 10 15% is basketball. The rest is not basketball. You get to coach, uh, you know, you have limited number of scholarships, you have limited practice time, uh, you know, and, and so you really get to do your thing. And, and you have a laboratory every day where you can work on things and try things out. And it's not like, you know, you have uh, your Duke and you have, you know, 38 games on national TV and everyone's looking in, in the summer league when you go summer, when you go play in Canada, they're doing a special on you. On ESPN Plus, and I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing. When you decide each year, do you, do you try to uh, fit your offense and defense to your talent, or do you recruit that way? Both are proper, right? You know, but which has worked for you?
1: Yeah, so so for us, what, what we've always tried to do, and, and it's probably a Division Two model, is, is I don't necessarily get a pick my players. So <laughs> a lot of times with kids. You know, you may offer them a scholarship, and then uh, you know a random low major comes in, and all of a sudden they're they're going to that Division One simply because of the the Division One tag, and 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 I understand that, but sure. we don't always get a pick exactly who we want, and so we have to adapt uh, what we do to our personnel. So each season, what I try to do for the first six weeks, we only get two hours a week. Now we're up to four. Um, about. Oh, an hour of that time. What I try to do is is essentially play play organized pickup, and I, I got that a little bit from from Mo, where you just come in and you try to figure out what you have and where those kids naturally move within an offense. And our offense stays somewhat similar with you know it's it's pick and roll or, or, or ball screen heavy. Um, but we try to fit those kids to their natural movements within our offense and and so um, we just literally watch for the first five or six weeks and we don't teach a lot of offense other than the fundamental piece uh, now our defense stays the same no matter what the only thing we change is just scouting based and then uh, ball screen coverage is quite a bit Absolutely. So, so, we'll, so so we'll teach that in the preseason but but outside of that it's it's pickup and and organized pickup and we coach it, and we're trying to figure out exactly what each player's strengths are and what their natural movements are. And, and then we try to build our offense around uh, their natural movements and their natural strengths.
0: After this timeout, we're going to come back, and I want to continue the basketball part of this. We'll be right back. Let's hear from one of our latest sponsors, Max One. As you know by now, Max One is the all-in-one coaching app that allows your team to train, communicate, and stay organized all in one easy-to-use spot. With all these useful features for one low price, I can't emphasize enough the value Max One can bring to your program, especially as the summer months heat up and you continue to plan your off-season. I know how hard it is to keep your athletes engaged once summer hits and your team starts to head in different directions. I'm confident MaxOne can solve these problems for you and keep your program connected to help ensure you run the most effective off-season as possible. MaxOne allows you to create individualized workouts for each player on your team with videos attached and deliver them right into your athlete's phone, eliminating spreadsheets and paper handouts. And you can then combine these workouts into an entire off-season program tailor-made to fill the weeks leading up to your season so that your athletes stay in the gym all summer long. You can even track your athletes' progress on the MAX 1 leaderboards to see the work your team is putting in, keeping everyone on the team accountable while encouraging a culture of competition. I also love how the calendar feature allows you to keep everyone in your program on the same page. Workouts, schedules, open gym, or tournament games can all be organized via color-coded schedules, ensuring your athletes are in the loop with details on whatever events you have planned this summer. To learn more about how MaxOne can help you run your program this off-season, head to their website at gomaxone.com, that's gomaxone.com, and schedule a free 15-minute demo with a MaxOne Program Specialist. As always, mention that Coach Brendan Sir sent you and receive a special discount if you decide to purchase. Again, visit wwwgomax onecom right now to schedule a free demo. You won't be disappointed. We're back with Ben McCollum, head coach Northwest Missouri State, 38-0 last year, national champion. Okay, so when we when we go, I love this concept of you know you know basically preseason really evaluated and playing think the biggest thing, um, you know, as coaches sometimes that we do at different levels is what, there's a great saying, I'll probably screw it up now. Uh, we over coach and under teach. I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I think sometimes um, I have, I go to practices, you know, I do some, a lot of consulting and I go to a lot of practices, high major. And as I go, all I'm seeing it's drills, drills, drills. And I say to the guy, you know, you didn't play, you didn't go up and down five on five once. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, but we're, we're just laying the foundation. <laughs> and I said, but they're not going to play three on three. They're not gonna, <laughs> you know, they the, the last time I looked, the shell is not a four-man offensive, you know, game. You know, every, I, I mean, I, my big pet peeve as coaches is that we, we many of us, uh, teach the way we were taught, and mm-hmm. so depending on your age, uh, you might be teaching shit from forty years ago, and you know if you did if you were doing four and four uh, shell drill, and you know for thirty years guess what your players are going oh man and uh, like you know we got these gen z kids that you're coaching and stuff and they're going what are we doing here and you know none of this correlates to stuff and i and it's i think a really fascinating thing that we have to do what do you do uh, so now when you're teaching uh you're are you, when you're teaching your stuff your uh five on five and stuff how do you uh how do you go about it
1: well, we we play a lot, so so I to kind of great. answer that question, yeah. uh, defensively we do do quite a bit of drill work, just uh, you know in regards to the the basic fundamentals of how to move your feet, how to guard the ball, absolutely, um, you know how to pressure the ball, etc. Offensively, though, it's it's five on o, five on five, uh, and then it's it's some basic fundamental drill work, meaning it, it's pivots, it's uh, finishing, making layups. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do any shooting in practice, really, ever. Really? Um, no, no. Um, don't do a lot of ball handling. That you know, I have always been a. <clears throat> I know that a lot of people are, are very big into skill development, and sure, you know, I believe in skill development, but my thought is 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 um a lot of skill development is just taking the right shots, and that comes from five on five. You know, take the right shots, make the right play. Um, be fundamentally sound when you come to stops and make the right pass and all that comes from five on oh five on five so the the, the way we implemented is kind of gain that rhythm from our five on oh um, and then you know five on five obviously we play a ton and and shoot we even played I want to say we played the day before the national championship game um, where we're just still playing all the way through the season just playing down back down uh, old old David Moe. So <laughs> we, we, five on five, we played a lot, four on four, and, and, um, you know, just kind of let them play.
0: And, and, that, and you, when you talk down, back down, explain that to our listeners. I know exactly what you're talking about. Explain. Yeah.
1: So, so we start on, it's three trips. So you start on one end and you, and you run a possession and then you, you obviously transition to the other and then
0: make or miss, um, right? You're coming back.
1: Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Make or miss You're, you're, you're coming back. And then, um so there's three trips so you'd be in three half court situations. So two offensive possessions for the for the original team and then obviously a, an offensive position possession for the other team. <clears throat>
0: and, and what and, then, and I think that's so, fabulous. What what have you found and and, I, and that that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, what have you found that, that has taught your team?
1: Well, how to play, number one. Uh, Number two, when you do it in a shorter setting like that, so even our scrimmages will be three to four minutes just because I think that kids naturally get tired. You know, if you're doing a 10-minute scrimmage, they'll get tired and, and, you know, they're they're not going to be as sharp. So when you just go down, back down, three trips, uh, kids continue to compete. We coach them in between each three trips yep. and we coach them for about 15 seconds. We're not going to coach them for two and a half minutes and, and, you know, tell them everything they did wrong. We're sure. just coaching basic buzzwords, basic specifics. And, and and then they just learn how to play with each other and, and learn how to play, you know, whether we're working on our, our ball screen motion or we're working on sets or we're working on whatever. Um, that's what we're coaching to Uh, that day and and again the more you play with each other the more you get a rhythm with each other and and, uh, so that's why we try to do that quite often
0: now uh, because i i love this uh drill uh you know this game actually we used to call it controlled scrimmage but it's the same thing down back down but you know and and chuck daly would love that but tell me uh did you keep score in it
1: no we generally don't um we do one drill which we call passing game shell which is you're basically guarding passing game, and you have to get four stops in a row. Uh-huh. Um, we do keep scoring those types of things, but that we don't. Now in our scrimmages, and we scrimmage probably, I'd say three to four times a, a day, I would say, um, and and those are three to four minute scrimmages. We keep scoring those, mm-hmm. but the down back down stuff we do not because I, I'm so process focused, and, and so if I can get you to go hard and, and, and play like that. Um, without a score, without that that external motivation, uh, then once I put a score on that clock, you'll be able to compete at yeah. that high level.
0: Yeah, what what and and when I was with UB and Fortaleza, we never did that a drill. And then when I go to Chuck, that was like that was our staple. That's what we did every single day, and uh, the down back down. But he just put a little wrinkle in it in that we played to the first one that got two baskets. Okay, so it could go down, back, down, back, down, back, you know what I mean? Be- but you, had, oh, to, you okay. had to get two baskets, so that was the win. So when you got two and I had one, then you won, and now, uh, and so and we say the first one to put get 10, 10 points, 10 ba- you know, wins, then that would be the end of that session. But what happened was we found all of a sudden the possessions each time you had the ball going down, or you know, each possession became important, the good shots turnovers less uh, if you fouled a guy on a shot that was a good basket you know what I mean and so it, it taught good habits and and all of a sudden it became the staple of everything we did and I had never seen it before and literally at now you know 10 years into coaching the NBA I see this for the first time and it has become something that like now it's the most important thing that we do on any team I'm with and we do everything. We start side out of bounds plays with it, underneath out of bounds. If you want to work on your press offense, and you start—that's your first possession to go down, back down. It's an interesting thing, and it was a way that we could control our practice but get reps in. And and I I I think it was—it's it, really important. But it taught the guys how to play, and that's and that's the most important thing that I think we sometimes miss when you guys are you have a great conference that you're in your record in their conference is absolutely incredible how do you prepare is you play everyone twice in the conference and then the tournament conference tournament is that how it goes
1: yeah we play only a few teams well probably just over half the teams twice and then the rest we play once
0: 16 16 game uh conference season correct Nineteen. No, oh, oh, okay. So yep, wow. I'm, yep. I'm looking here, and I'm seeing nineteen games every year. I thought that might have included the conference tournament, but nineteen game season, huh?
1: Yes, yes, sir. Yep. And we've had twenty two before. So um, I think I don't know, three four years ago. So yeah, nineteen game conference <laughs> season, and then and then if you're fortunate, then you get the three games in the conference tournament.
0: So, so I mean, like last year, you go nineteen to zero in the conference. That is so hard to go through a conference undefeated. Uh and especially a good one. H- how do you prepare? I think it's I think people prepare differently for conference. How do you prepare in your conference for games?
1: Well, for us what what we try to do is is prepare for every game the same. Um our our conference is so difficult because of the coaching. It's really good coaching and it's got a lot of talent. So what we tell them is and this comes from our preseason a little bit too, is uh, every team in our league is going to have talent. It's the teams that can withstand some of the, the runs, um, you know some bad calls or, or uh, you know things go against you, your mission shots, that game or whatever it may be. It's those mentally tough teams that, that are able to win close games that are able to come out on top at the end. Um, I've always said that there's a big difference between first and second place. and and I think it's, it's a lot greater distance than second and third. And, and part of that is because of that, that mental, that positivity, that mental toughness piece that, that we try to preach constantly of, of how you're responding to things and how you interact with each other and how you build each other up.
0: Yeah, that, that is, and that's basically your culture, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we're, we're big on how we talk to each other and, and, uh, again, the energy. I'm a big energy guy, a big rah-rah guy, and and um, so we we preach that constantly. That's one of our biggest, probably our biggest thing is is our energy and our rah-rah and and, and that positivity piece that that I think is so huge in winning basketball games.
0: So now you have a, you have a unique situation. We talked about the other day in that you have a team that was you know 38 0, 19 and 0 in your conference. Win the national championship. And did we say everyone is back except one player?
1: Yes, sir. Yep. We've got everybody. Well, we've got. We lost two. Oh, yep. okay. one, one starter. One, one starter.
0: starter. Okay. So, um, you know, as my boss's owner in the NBAU, and said well we expect the, the same or better results next year uh so <laughs> how how do we uh how do we go about that how, what's your plan now because you know it, it's a it, it there's no blue there's no book on it i mean you know everyone says there is but there's no book on how to do this you know it's not like the nba where you have you know curry and you have durant and you have you know draymond and clay back you know okay and you know let's go Um uh, how, how does one do that at the collegiate level?
1: You know that's that's a tough question because we we had won it in 2017 and we had everyone back except <laughs> for maybe two or three and mm-hmm. um, had a lot back and we didn't have that same hunger. We had a really good season. I think we were 27 and four or something like that, which yep. was you know a, a good season. Um, and so I I could never get that hunger out of them. So so going on to this year how you do that i you know people say the old bullseye on the back thing i, I don't know i, I i've always kind of thought that's you're going to take everybody's best shot but we've been taking that for for years so sure. i don't think that is an issue necessarily we're used to that um i think the issue is your own internal hunger and and how you recreate that after you've had so much success with kids that are 18 to 22 um and and so shoot it's even difficult for a 37 38 year old to to recreate that hunger and so how do you do that and and stay with that process focus throughout an entire season is is going to be the the difficulty um that we're going to have this season for for us we're so process focused even throughout this season um that it it helped not put pressure on that mm-hmm. and and I think with this group coming back I'm hoping that that they carry that over into this year where it's very process-focused. They were almost oblivious to the fact that they were undefeated. I, I mean, it was just like they were the goofiest team I've ever been a part of. It was just they'd come in and they'd goof around, and then 10 seconds later it'd be in competition and they would just be at each other's throat. How about that? Um, yeah, it was just, and it's not like me to just kind of I, – I, I'm naturally kind of goofy anyway. I like to have a lot of fun, but – I'm not like that. No, no. <laughs> So, so, so I, had to, I had to kind of grow with them and adapt with them. So ho- hopefully they'll take that same approach to this season and, and relax and, and stay with that process.
0: Well, after this timeout, we're going to come back and see if we can, we can figure this out. Okay?
1: Hold <laughs> That'd be great.
0: <laughs> Fast Model Sports is the world's most comprehensive, versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation. Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. It doesn't stop there. Along with FastDraw, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports, customized for your team. FastModel is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division One college teams, and over 8,000 high school new teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and PlayBank, which. Features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit fastmodelsports.com or follow them on Twitter at fastmodel. Back with Ben McCollum. Uh Okay, so we're 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 going to try to go back to back. We would like that on your rings so that for next year. Uh, now. Uh, there's, there's, you know, we've talked about there, you know, how do you approach it? Now, each team, each year is a different journey and <clears throat> you can't, uh, you can't win your championship come November. Uh, we can always start the process for it. The other, the other thing is, you know, um, you know, I, I, I often like the idea of, the concept of a one-game season—you know—just take every game. It's just one game, you know, and not not get don't get caught up on being thirty-seven and one, or you know, my God, or thirty-five and one, or thirty-eight and zero. I mean, those they, those numbers are so insane. Uh, it's hard to in November or October when you get together to say, "Okay, this is what's going to happen, guys." I mean, it's almost mind-boggling to think like that. So, w- when you get the guys together when you start practice. What what's what are some of your ideas?
1: Well, for us, and we do it every year, is just again that kind of process approach. So, mm-hmm. if we're doing something, it's always going to be being present in in exactly what we're doing. Um, we we even with our conditioning stuff, we never tell them what we're doing for conditioning. So it'll be really you know whether we're running a sprint, whether yeah, whether we're running stairs. You do stairs. We never tell them when it's going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, we never tell them uh, how much more you've got left. And, and if we do tell you how much more you have left, it's, it's because you actually have more than what we're telling you. <laughs> and part of that is just to keep, cause what happens naturally, if I say, okay, we've got one more sprint. Yeah. Well then everybody's going to bust it. Right. And, and, and so then we say, okay, now let's go to the stairs. And they're like, well, you said we were done. And all of a sudden they, it's almost like you break their heart. Yeah. because they weren't present anymore. They were, they were so focused on the end or the results. Um, and I got that a little bit from good to great, the Stockdale paradox. And um, he talks about the optimist and the pessimist and whatnot. And, and um, so, so we got that from there where, Hey, let's just stay present. Let's stay focused on what we need to do, understanding that eventually great things will happen. If you if you stay in that moment. And so, um, we've really, really tried to do that. And I think that's, that's really the only way to, 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 to maintain that focus is, is stay in the moment.
0: I love that. I, I, and I'll be honest with you. I've never heard that. So that, that is great. I mean, this is good, man. I'm, this is learning for me. And I love that. That is fabulous. Uh, a, a great, great idea. How long is each practice or do they
1: yeah, our practices will be two hours, but our preseason conditioning is is you know thirty to forty minutes each each conditioning session. Um, and what so what do just, you?
0: I'm sorry. What are you guys allowed? I know there's slightly different rules. What are you guys allowed? When are you allowed to start at D two?
1: So October 15th, we have 20 hours total um, with everything included. Uh, before that, it's it's eight hours, four of which now. Are on the court, which is the first year we have four on the court, and then uh, four for I guess whatever else film work, strength conditioning, uh, whatever it may be. So you have a total of eight hours in the preseason when
0: they, so from the time they come to school.
1: Yes, sir, okay. to October fifteenth. Yep. Okay,
0: that's good. And and, and when do you uh, you know tip off the season? Usually, what around what date?
1: Uh usually well this year we're early so i believe it's around early november november 1st or 2nd somewhere in that range but most of the time it's that second weekend of november is when we do it um we actually play duke on october 26th so uh, oh, and, we'll be and one of the we'll their be 11, ex- 11 their days exhibition games
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i w- i would use those 4 hours uh, starting next week uh, kind of sh- throwing a little ball screen offense for them <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> only kidding coach k uh but yeah no that'll be a great throw for your kids that oh it's a blast yeah and, they're
1: and they're so classy with it too he's been he's been great
0: oh no he he's something else and and you know and 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 he knows the value of uh bringing in a, a really good team because he knows that you for you guys it's a, it's a great thing for you to go against all these highly touted, you know, McDonald's, uh, all Americans, and your guys will be ready to play, and and that, that we know that and it'll be fun.
1: Absolutely, no, it's a blast. It's it's the length that gets you. It's it's that top that top five to ten is always difficult for Division twos to because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can get shots, but. You know it, that length is 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 shockingly different when you're not used to it. I think if you get used to it, it's it's a little better. But, um, and but you'll, we'll see, we'll and, you'll, and
0: you'll love the officiating too. It'll it's always oh outsta- I always It's, love that. it's always outstanding. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah those... <laughs> right when
1: you get on them. the... Yeah. You know, and they're fantastic officials, but uh, oh yeah, but um, they know who they
0: don't. Yeah, they know. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, they, well, and, and then I, I probably would too if I was an official too. So yeah. I, I doesn't, it doesn't bother mm-hmm. me. We used to play those games when I was with Mo, and we'd play all the sure the high majors, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. But we, it's
0: fun. Will you get another exhibition also?
1: No, we we haven't gotten an exhibition. Well, I mean, with uh, another you
0: know, D one, I, I meant I, 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 no, okay. no,
1: we. We haven't gotten one in, I guess, since the University of Iowa played us. They don't want to. Of they don't want to
0: play you, do team. they? They don't want
1: to. No, no. I <laughs> and I wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to play us. Not that not that we'd necessarily beat them, but it just for some of them, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: <laughs> I love it though, and it's good. So when we uh, get together and start practicing uh, next week, and you get those four hours. Uh, from us, st- and you have so many players back. This is what fascinates me. Do you go back to starting at square one, or do you recognize the fact that you have a lot of veterans returning?
1: No, we'll go back to square one. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll reteach everything, and then offensively, we'll we'll change what we do offensively slightly. Obviously, it'll look very similar, but there'll be certain strengths that that we want to highlight, and, and and certain weaknesses that we want to eliminate, and so we'll do that through that pickup session essentially that and we'll have more time now so we can play i guess a half hour a day uh, of, of pickup and, that's great um and so we love it i, I just I, i've i felt like that with this generation it's very the skill development piece has gotten so much that that we forget that the playing piece is is the most important you, you see like i'll get calls and they'll say well how do you get your guys that, that never could shoot to, to shoot at a high level. And it's, it's, it's not this, what I found, it's not the skill. They, they have the skill a lot of times. It's the fact that they don't understand what shots to take or, or when to cut or when to drive or, or do those things. And when you take good shots, your percentage naturally goes up and it highlights the fact that you can shoot. You just have never figured out what shots to take. And um, so that's why I say, I guess, you know for me skill development isn't isn't huge fundamental development is is enormous being fundamentally sound uh, offensively but but just the skill piece um we get that from 5 on 5 and 5 on 0
0: yeah you know it's interesting <clears throat> it's become a um, um i don't know what the word is but you know all this bs that when you you know you, you recruit in college every school tells you they got the best player development crap
1: oh yeah right i mean oh, it's, yeah. it's
0: it's all bs and then you go and you watch them now, and they can all do uh, – the entire team can be in their off-season workouts. You know, it's not like in the old days, you know, four, only four players can be involved, you know, and stuff like that. It's now the entire team, all 13 players at the Division One level. And, and so there's no player development going on. It's team practice, but there's some player development. And then you go to the other extreme in the NBA, and – Basically, you have all these little assistant coaches running around, and what they're doing is they're having all these terrific players, and they're shooting, and the freaking coach is the rebounder, and 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 my my guy Chris Oliver, who does you know phenomenal stuff for us at coaching you on campus, you know he he did uh, you know they did a study in the twelve and the sixteen Olympics, and they found out that eighty percent of all the shots taken in the Olympics, but in every game played. Eighty percent of them were contested. Huh. So all this crap about all these guys taking corner threes with no one on them in practice—it doesn't happen in a real game. And when it yeah. does happen, it's terrible defense. So you you got to learn how to you know make a shot with someone guarding you, or how to shot fake and get free, you know, using Damn. an escape dribble or two. And that's what you know the decision making that you're teaching them by playing five on five. Uh, it does, because you're teaching them what really happens in the game, not some BS practice where no one's on the court guarding you. It's fascinating that, that I watch you. Absolutely. I, I, I hear absolutely. you about that. Well, yep. you know, I, I think – now, let me ask you this. Okay, so when, in going through, uh, talk about, for those of our coaches, and we have an audience that's around the world, I want them to understand, when you qualify – to make the NCAA Division II tournament. Talk about the process. I think, you know, we talk about the NCAA Division One March Madness, and all that crap, okay? I think there's not much harder than to get through the Division II tournament to get to the Final Four. Talk about how that works and where you end up playing and stuff like that. Give me your path, if you would, maybe last year.
1: Yeah, so it's, it is – Shockingly different than than Division One. Right, and, and the reason we say that is, so for us we're we're regionalized. So we have roughly, I think maybe forty five or so teams in our region. Well, our own conference is in our region, so we see those conference teams year in and year out and throughout the season. And um, and a lot of times our conference and and the NSIC and the GAC are our three conferences, and um, we see those teams consistently. So you go from 40-plus teams to an eight-team regional. Well, the difference with Division One and Division Two is if, if I'm the number one seed overall, I'm playing somebody that is shockingly different than me. <laughs> Meaning, um, you know, for us, they've got the same resources, they have the same amount of scholarships, and there's a lot more parity within our region. So our first-round game can be every bit as difficult as our... Uh, elite eight game essentially because we're regionalized Mm -hmm. um then you get out of your region and for us we've always felt like our region is as difficult if not the most difficult in the country and then you just it's the luck of the draw as to which region you get to play against whether it's a, a weaker region or a better region um you know you just you just never know but all six games that you play are against teams that have very similar resources, that have ten full scholarships, and 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 are, there's a lot more parity as you go through that. Whereas Division One, you get past the first round, if you're a top, you know one, two, three seed, a lot of times um, you've got a team that you should beat very, very handily. Uh, the second round they might be a little bit better, but once you get to that Sweet Sixteen, now there's the parity of. Okay, we've got a lot of high majors and some of the lower mids that 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 can actually compete with those high majors. So now there's there's parity. Um, whereas us, it's all sixty four teams are pretty good. Wow, I think
0: it, I think it's fabulous stuff, and uh, you know, and, and I enjoy. I, I hope I get a chance. I want to really come out and see you guys play at home. I I, I really think it'd be a, a real thrill and stuff. And and I again, Ben, uh, I really I, I applaud you for what you've done. And are continuing to do, and I think uh, you're really you're one of the best coaches in the country at any level. And I just uh, I'm just so excited we got a chance to visit, and uh, I can't wish you nothing but incredible luck and in, in your process and your journey this year, and uh, and again on, on your route toward another national championship. So thanks again for visiting with us today on coaching you.
1: Well, well thanks a lot for having me on, and and obviously caring about. All levels of basketball is, is is much appreciated, so so thanks a lot.
0: Okay, Ben. Thank you so much, and best of luck this season.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
0: I love learning from all coaches, but to learn from Ben McCallum, the things he does to be successful at that level, absolutely fabulous, and I'm so thankful for him to share with us. Uh, watch his teams really go back and get from last year the Division two. Uh, national Championship game, hell of a game, 62-58, really good game. And uh, you'll really appreciate how good his players are and follow them during the year. But again, we're, our video sales are off the charts. Listen, make sure that you get your Coaching You videos for 2019 out in Las Vegas. the The teaching that went on from all of our coaches was fabulous. If you're into player development, we had three of the very best that focus on different things. Gannon Baker, Jefferson Mason, Mason with the Dr. Dish machine, and then Chris Oliver, who takes player development and thinking and making decisions to another level a whole new way of developing players and then to see some of the great young coaches in our game will hardy from san antonio spurs will weaver the new head coach of the sydney kings uh ryan saunders going to be an absolute superstar the head coach you know of the minnesota timberwolves and then Steve Clifford, my goodness, Steve Clifford is a thoroughbred, fabulous coach in our league, one of the best teachers in the game, and then Edere Messina, my guy who is just spectacular, uh, you know, who is as good a teacher as there is and ever has been in the game, uh, who can teach any phase of the game, and Edere, I could have do the entire clinic for two days, and you would sit there with your mouth open. So I think you're going to love it. $249 for all the videos. Go to TV and order now. Streaming videos. You own them. You got them. Make sure you order today. And instantly you will be on your way to becoming a better coach. coachingyou.tv Order today. Till next week. This is the coach, Brendan Sir.